You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, your trusty, if not talented host of the program with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Look, I know it's a little, it's a little brisk outside, okay? But that doesn't mean it still isn't a good time to get by Peterbrook Chocolatier and sample one of those great gelato flavors that you're going to find there in the display case right there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. So many great flavors. That Italian ice cream, good, good stuff. They can also do those handmade waffle cones for you, too. Get you a couple scoops, one of those waffle cones. You're going to be set. Peterbrook Chocolatier. Let's hear 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, that being, of course, Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60-bit-away of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, Jacob's ready for some Pittsburgh Stiller Wednesday afternoon football. How about it, Jacob? That's going to be kind of weird. Get off work, pick the kids up, and then go home and, and pray that the Steelers play as well as they should against this absolutely depleted Ratbird team. You know, it kind of reminds me of the youth, the youthful days of old TR. Back in, say, the early 80s, I guess it was, when cable television, Jacob, became a real thing for us back then. And discovering WGN up in Chicago, and we would come home from school and we'd have the Chicago Cubs at 2 o'clock in the afternoon playing Major League Baseball on a Wednesday. Kind of has a Cubs feel to it, almost, with the Steelers and the Ravens. And I guess we're getting RG3 behind center for the Ravens today. No Lamar Jackson for uh, Baltimore. And then we talked about this before we went on the air, Jacob. Kind of figured J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram would be good to go coming off the COVID list, but it sounds like uh, they're not going to be in the Steel City today either. No, they're not, and that that kind of 
shocked me. I I thought that played a big reason why the Ravens wanted to wait yet another day so they would have those two. They do get a a, a handful of guys back. Most importantly, Brandon Williams, who's their who is their nose tackle. But I don't think that's enough for them to be able to find a way to win this game. They they're just not going to have enough offensively to get anything done. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. But uh, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting at two forty Central today. You'll have NFL football live and on the cable. 205-342-9904, by the way. That's the Peter Brook Chocolate Your Studio Line. If you'd like to check in, you're welcome. You're welcome to do so. We're going to check in, by the way, with Cecil Hurt coming up in just a little bit. Cecil, of course, the longtime sports editor and columnist there for the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. Look forward to getting Cecil's thoughts on this bulging now, this bulging Alabama LSU spread started out at like 24 and a half and I checked just before we went on the air it's up to Alabama uh, minus 29 and a half at LSU Saturday night goodness gracious 29 and a half you know and if you would just have looked at this line you know just a month ago it wasn't 29 and a half was it when we thought they were going to play in Baton Rouge huh it tells you LSU probably would have been better off just playing the game last month, get it over with. Now, look, I understand COVID-19, things like that, protocols. Uh, you know, Perhaps it just was not doable at all. But at least a month ago, LSU had Terrace Marshall Jr. at wide receiver, right? Terrace now, he's not going to be there on Saturday night. He goes for 154 on 10 catches and a touch against Texas A&M last Saturday night in College Station and calls it a career. So doing some matchup work for this game for BamaOnline.com this morning and just looking at sort of the receivers that LSU is going to be down to in this game because, of course, Jamar Chase opted out before the season even got underway. Now Marshall's out of that mix. When you look at LSU's passing output here in Tuscaloosa a year ago, Joe Burrow threw for 393 yards and three touchdowns. You know how much of that returning receiving production will be on the field Saturday night in Baton Rouge? Six yards. Six of those 393 yards will be represented in the form of LSU running back Ty, Ty Price uh, Davis. So that's, that's what you're down to now if you're LSU. And, of course, you don't have Joe Burrow pulling the trigger. Instead, you've got two true freshman quarterbacks. Boy, uh, multiple levels of issues for this LSU offense right now. And included in that is an offensive line that lost a ton and hasn't been exactly a fortress or hasn't provided a fortress to these two true freshman quarterbacks, T.J. Finley, Max Johnson. So there you go. That's the anatomy of how a line goes from 24-and-a-half to 29-and-a-half over the course of just a couple days. It's only Wednesday. What's that line going to be on Saturday? Is it going to go up over 30, you think? It's definitely trending that way. We'll talk with Cecil about that. Of course, we'll also talk with Cecil about some Alabama men's basketball. Bounce back win for the Crimson Tide in Asheville, North Carolina last night. 86-74, the Crimson Tide gets the job done. 38 all at the half, but some numbers essential to Alabama's success in terms of the big picture. You started to see some of that last night. 
Improvement from the three-point line, beyond the three-point line, 15 of 40 comes out to 37.5%. Look, I'm not saying that's a white-hot percentage, but it's a heck of a lot better than the 14 for 60 Alabama shot it at in the first two games. So there's some improvement there. Um, Much better in terms of competing on the glass. Look, uh, UNLV, we told you yesterday, there's no Armand Gilliam on that team. There's no Larry Johnson. Uh, And even with that, UNLV held the edge on the boards, 37-36. But, you know, this is an Alabama team that you're just going to have to try to be competitive on the glass and taking care of the basketball better, assist better, the ball moved better, especially in the half court last night. 21 assists compared to 11 turnovers, you'll take that, yeah. That's the right side of kind of a two-to-one two ratio that you're looking for there. And also, I asked Cecil about this as well, that was a streamlined rotation coming off that loss to Stanford. And also, we may have learned something about Stanford even in a defeat to North Carolina yesterday. Stanford's a really good team. I think we can go ahead and make that assumption. That was a really good game yesterday with North Carolina and Stanford. And now North Carolina is going to go on and play Texas in the championship game of the Maui Invitational. Uh, but that's not a that's not a bad loss to Stanford. I don't think in the in the big picture of things. Now you lose to UNLV last night. You, you start to have some some uh, legitimate and uh, intensified concerns with this team. But just played eight guys last night. Nate Oates. You know we had seen what ten, eleven, maybe twelve. Didn't play as many guys. Uh, you look at minutes off the bench. Josh Primo, he was very effective. Four of eight shooting, 11 points. Uh, he showed you that both from beyond the arc and getting to the bucket, he can do what you need him to do. Uh, James Rojas still struggling offensively. 0 for 3 from 3 last night. Had three rebounds, but that's in 16 minutes. So it'll be interesting to see. Once we get closer to conference play, how Oates continues to adjust minutes, both with his starters and then into his bench. Alex Reese, three points last night off the bench. One of six shooting. He did give you five rebounds. If Reese isn't going to shoot it well, he's got to give you something else. And that's been the problem with him the last couple of years. If he doesn't shoot it well from three well, don't look for him to get you 10 rebounds. Uh, but he did get five last night, so that was a positive. But uh, as much as anything, right, that was the John Petty last night that you expect to see on a consistent basis. 22 points, 6 of 10 from 3, 7 of 12 from the field, and uh, that keyed pretty much everything. You know, Herb Jones, very efficient. 1 of 3 from 3, you'll take that from Herb, from deep. 16 points on just nine shots. Uh, so some good stuff from Herb as well. Still some things to figure out with this team and another legitimate opponent tonight in Providence out of the Big East. So it won't be easy to get out of Asheville with a second win. But if you do, then in my opinion, mission accomplished. You went to Asheville. Yes, you want to win the tournament. You want to go 3-0. and Realistically, with that type of field and that type of competition, you, you go two and one, you take it, you come home, you start getting ready uh, for some for some uh, competitive uh, opponents coming up still on the horizon. Teams like Clemson and Atlanta, obviously Houston here in Tuscaloosa next month. So uh, 
a nice bounce back for the Alabama men's basketball team last night. By the way, it is a Wednesday, so as we know, Nick Saban making the media rounds on a Wednesday. He is just wrapping up or has wrapped up his weekly appearance on the SEC coaches teleconference, and he is apparently sticking with the assertion that he will indeed coach on Saturday at LSU. Says he's feeling fine. Uh, He is uh, trending in that direction. Now, in terms of protocol, quarantine, things like that, uh, it looks like it's going to be right there at the end of the week. Now, whether I haven't seen this morning, maybe he has said something to this extent, whether he will be able to break out of quarantine in time to actually travel with the team, or does he have to travel separately based on you know, the time frame involved? I'm not quite sure of that just yet, but we'll continue to look into that. And you had the CFP rankings last night, week two of that, Alabama once again. What was it, the 20th time in the uh, history of the CFP rankings that Alabama was ranked number one? In, in, a, in a CFP rankings release, uh, which was twice as many. That's twice as many as uh, all the other programs out there combined. What? That's crazy. Herb Street kind of stepped in it last night, didn't he? Did you hear Kirk? Kirk made reference to Michigan perhaps ducking Ohio State coming up here in a couple weeks. Maybe throwing a wrench in the rival Buckeyes CFP plans. And I backtracked from that pretty quick on the old Twitter post show. But the SEC with four of the top eight, obviously Alabama at one, A&M at five, Florida at six, Georgia at number eight. So heavy representation from the Southeastern Conference in the top eight, if not throughout the top 25. That's pretty much it right now. Those top four teams and, uh, so, yeah, with Ohio State there at the back end of the top four, that'll continue to be the focal point for the next couple of weeks. Can the Buckeyes, A, play enough games to qualify for the Big Ten championship game? Uh, and what is sort of the line of demarcation for the selection committee where Ohio State is concerned? We'll see. We'll see. Hey, we've got to get into some home dogs with Rusty coming up here in the next day or so, too. Rusty, you know, we should have had him in winners and losers on Monday because he was a loser. One and three. Yeah, that's right, Rusty. You've been kind of on the decline here of late. I think the man's got you figured out, Rusty. One and three last week. Rusty drops to 24-19-1 on the season. And then that, you know, when you start figuring in the juice and everything – That's pretty much even money that you're at. When you're five over through 44 games or so, you figure in the big, you're probably under a little bit. Yeah, Rusty. Yeah, you're making Christmas tough on some folks out there. But uh, Rusty's got a pool of selections that he's considering for this week in college football. A couple of them include top four teams in the country going on the road. Clemson is laying 22, actually three. He's got three of the four uh, top four teams in the country uh, going on the road this week, laying big numbers, big numbers. Clemson laying 22 in Blacksburg. 
You've got Ohio State laying 23-and-a-half against Sparty up in East Lansing. And then, of course, Alabama, as we talked about at the outset of the show, 29-and-a-half point favorite now in Baton Rouge. So he's considering those home dogs. And then sort of under the radar, he's looking at Rutgers getting 11 against a Penn State team that got its first win of the season last weekend at Michigan. Yeah, he kind of likes that one. Kind of likes that one. Tennessee, the Vols, the once mighty Vols, getting 17 and a half at home against Florida on Saturday. And you saw Kyvin Bennett, the son of Cornelius Bennett, arrested yesterday on drug and weapons charges up there in the Knoxville area. Jeremy Pruitt with the swiftness dismissed Bennett from the team. That's significant this week in terms of football anyway, once we get beyond the legal ramifications and those things, because Bennett is Tennessee's best pass rusher. And you're going against the Florida offense with Kyle Trask and those receivers. The timing, you know, not never good for something like that to happen, but from a football perspective, definitely not good this week for the balls. And uh, what else is Rusty's also looking at TCU getting two and a half at home against Oklahoma State, and he's looking at those Auburn Tigers. Auburn is getting seven at home. And what could be the Ag Bowl championship game? You know, you've got that Ag Cup. You've got Auburn, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M. Those are your three Ag Cup contestants. And so this is a big game in the Ag Cup race down on the Plains this week. We'll check in with Cecil Hurd of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. Coming up next on Southern Fried Sports, the show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier. Cecil and a whole lot more right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Koneka Sausage, a true Southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at ConecuhSausage.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The Alabama men's basketball team bounced back in a big way Tuesday at the Camping World Maui Invitational in Asheville, North Carolina. Alabama topped UNLV 86-74. John Petty came to life in the third game of the season, leading Alabama with 22 points and 6 assists while shooting 60% going 6 of 10 from beyond the arc. Alabama will close out play in the Maui Invitational on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central against Providence. Radio coverage will begin at 5 p.m. and you can join us for a watch party at Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Tuscaloosa for the broadcast. I'll have more in a moment. The Crimson Tide's newest partner is already an Alabama favorite. Kaneka Sausage is now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Made in Evergreen, Alabama, Kaneka's tradition of making the finest hickory smoked sausage hasn't changed in over 70 years. Always great for breakfast, Kaneka Sausage is now a tailgate grilling favorite. Kaneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. The women's basketball team returns to action tonight as they host USC Upstate at 6 p.m. Central inside Coleman Coliseum. Alabama is 2-0 on the season with victories over Samford and Houston. Radio coverage of Alabama against USC Upstate begins at 5.55 p.m. Central across the network. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Koneka Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sport. 
weather turning warmer this afternoon. The sky mostly sunny, the high 58. For tonight, mostly fair with a low at 30. Tomorrow, clouds increase. A chance of rain by mid to late afternoon. Rain becoming more likely tomorrow night. The high at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Zydeco there for you. Get you going on a hump day morning. How about that? I bet Cecil Hurd is still looking forward to Saturday night in Death Valley, though. And he joins us right now on the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. What about it, Cecil? I mean, it's obviously different in so many different ways. Uh, but kind of what's your expectation for the, the weekend in general? You know, that trip that we all look so forward to every couple of years. I, I don't know. Um, Brad Hudson's going to handle it for us this week. So gotcha. I'm sure Brad will have a good time. Um, night game, seven o'clock or true night game in LSU, not the not the two thirty fade into into you know sunset about five thirty game, but the true night game. Um, so it'll be a different atmosphere. I, I, I'll be interested whether LSU takes this and whether they've already sort of written off 2020 or whether this is kind of a last stand, yeah, obviously be a huge, a huge win for them. I don't know more so their quarterback situation than anything else. I don't know that they can pull it off, but um, it'll be interesting to see what their attitude is. That Orgeron was on the SEC teleconference today and he was his usual rambunctious self. Um, so looking forward, apparently looking forward to the game. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how it works out. Did he tell the, the trip, one about his dad? I, I just don't think dad not letting Bear Bryant visit. Excuse me. Did he tell the one about his dad not letting Bear Bryant visit the <laughs> house? Because it's not LSU week until he tells that one, Cecil. He didn't. He didn't trot that one out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll be as many people staying in New Orleans, partying in the French Quarter. You know, just because yeah. of the the situation and then going up to Baton Rouge for the game. But there'll be a few. There'll be a few. If you look around Galatoire's Sunday morning, you'll see an Alabama fan or two. Uh, Cafe Dumont for the road, you know, before you head back sure, on Sunday sure. is not a bad thing either. That's how you roll. Powdered sugar, yeah. sure. Gonna, you know, you're going to tourist it up, tourist it up. This line, Cecil's a 29 and a half now. I, I, right. I checked that out. I mean, Terrace Marshall Jr. ops out. You talked about the quarterback situation, the motivation. Um, 
you know, I don't know exactly what LSU's COVID situation really was a month ago, but I mean, when you look at it right now, I don't think the line a month ago would have been 29 and a half, right? No, I don't think so. More like 20, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it had been the opener, you know, if it had been when LSU played Mississippi State before we saw that, what would it have been in Baton Rouge? Six? Yeah, it would have been yeah. a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. Touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And now we did hear from Nick Saban this morning as well, and Nick sounds steadfast and you know, his approach that he's gonna be there Saturday night, right? Yeah, that's what he sounds like. He's probably anxious to, to get out of the <laughs> get out of the carrier cage at home. <laughs> get to run around a little bit. Now when you do the math on when he went into the quarantine and the protocol in place, I would think he's cutting it close in terms of the team contingent that makes the trip on Friday. Do, do we know any more about that? I mean, could there be a possibility where he has to travel separately down there? It's possible. It's possible. It's going to depend. He, he said today that he's had another medical exam and it's going to be what the doctors tell him. I think he really wants to go with the team. Friday or, or same time schedule as the team, but uh, with the seven o'clock kick, you've got an extra day. He could fly down Saturday morning on the jet. I'm sure they could. Uh, I'm sure they could arrange the jet for him if that's what it has to be. I don't think that would be his preference. Yeah, they've got that. As we know, they've got that COVID Concord, right? That they flew the test down before with the Georgia week. It's, it's out there at Tuscaloosa Regional, right? COVID Concord. Sure. Short of Air Force One, they can do whatever they want. Oh, man. Um, let's talk some Alabama men's basketball. Much needed bounce back win last night. Uh, it wasn't without its wobbles from time to time, but I guess when you talk about some of the core tenets uh, for this team and what's going to equate to big picture success, you did at least see more of that, especially in the form, I guess, of John Petty. You did, and Herb Jones. You know, Herb, Herb goes mm-hmm. so unnoticed. Herb had 16 points, um, was all over the place defensively, as you've seen. Now, you know, the, the grill kid from UNLV got really hot for three-point range. But, you know, again, the, the established guys, uh, and you almost start to think of Quinterly now as, as, a, as an experienced guy because he spent the year in the program. So... Um, it was. I, I think every Alabama fan was relieved that was watching that game last night was relieved. Uh, tip off, Petty hits the three. Uh, UNLV misses, come down, Petty hits the three, and it's six to nothing. And you thought he might be off to one of those 10 or 11 three point games that he's had before, like he did against Stanford last year. Didn't quite. Didn't quite go off like that, but was definitely a big contributor offensively. Still some defensive things that I think they need to to clean up. Still giving up twos, you know, good, easy-look twos to the other team. And need to clean that up and need to get more of that themselves. You know, that I understand what, what Nate Oates is trying to do offensively. I, I think it will work, and certainly, you know, it's... It, 
about the 40% three-point shooting line is, is where it goes from you know, not looking good to looking good. And they were, they were at 40% last night. But I would still, and, and yeah, this isn't, this isn't singling these guys out for criticism. It's just um, Reese, Rojas, Bruner, you know, on, on 10 attempts, I think, I think if they post up or if they crash the offensive board, I think they're going to get more points off of 10 paint work situations uh, than they are shooting 10 threes. You know, uh, I think, I think I'd rather see them go six for 10 down low, getting rebounds. Um, affecting the game in that way, getting good looks, um, then, then, and, and get 12 points that way, then I would take the chance of those guys shooting 40% from three. Now, Cecil. there's, there's an element of stretching the floor. I understand that. Uh, but there's also an element that you gotta, you gotta get some stuff at the rim. They, uh, they got hammered on the glass, as we know, against Stanford on Monday night and you said it about some of the just open looks that opponents seem to be getting at this stage of the season. How much of that do you think is newness? Because there is a lot of that. You mentioned Rovaz, Bruner, uh, Primo, a lot of new guys in this thing, Quinterly in terms of game experience, game action. And then how much of it is, is just effort at times Uh, and understand Uh, we're just, we're just a few games into the season. Yeah. I'm really hesitant criticize effort in most cases, unless there's unusual circumstances, even against Stanford. Um, I'm, I'm just reluctant to do that. Now, you know, and some of it's just, just who you've got, but I will say this. If you watch Stanford and North Carolina, I think North Carolina out-rebounded Stanford 47-24. to 24. So that's what you can now. That's the way Roy builds his team. Roy's going to have six nine, six ten Size. Yeah. guys crashing and, and taking up space and, and getting those second-chance points. But, you know, Alabama's going to play against some teams like that, too. So I'm, I'm hesitant to, to criticize effort. I just think it's, it's understanding when you do that and, and when you can take that three-pointer versus just taking that three-pointer because the coaches aren't going to yell at you so much, you know. There are good ones and there are bad ones. Alabama needs to be taking some some better ones and um, among those bigs. I thought Bruner was a little better last night in, in terms of protecting the rim defensively a little bit better. Uh, still gave, they gave up too many layups. But, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Providence will be a well-coached team today. They'll, they'll attack the rim. They'll work the ball inside. They'll try and run Alabama off the three-point line, uh, and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, how, how that game. But that's another one of those teams that's kind of right there where Alabama. You know, and, um, so so we'll see. But but again, be cautious. You know, Kentucky's zero two right now, and Kentucky is going to be a bad team. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know. Isaiah Jackson, who came down to Alabama and Kentucky, has just been an inside record force for, for UK 
okay. But they're 0-2, and, and it's because of newness, and it's because the turnover that they've had. So, you know, that's going to happen with teams, and you just have to have to have some patience and um, see how they play and sort of see if they're improved today and, and realize that Providence is good, too, and it's going to be a close game. You know, we talk so much about three-point shooting in today's game, but you know what helps when you make your layups, right? In Alabama last night, 12 of 15 on layups after 13 of 28 against Stanford, and that's where exactly. size comes finishing. in that, that we just finishing talked about. Quarterly did a great job of finishing at the rim last night. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you, you add, you do that, and then so you get 10 offensive boards and, and put – six of those back, you're 18 to 25 and you've really got some inside offense. So still going to harp a little bit on the offensive rebounding by the guys who need to be rebounding offensively. Yeah, if you've got more shots from three than you do rebounds as a post, I don't know if that's necessarily a great ratio unless you're just yeah. lights out from out there. Yeah, you know? it, it, again, it all depends on what percentage you shoot, but um, I, I don't know that that's how you want to do it. Now, if you're if you're knocking down fifty seven percent of them, then that's a different that's a different world. What did you think about the streamlined rotation last night in comparison to what we had seen the first couple of games? Yeah, you know, Keon Ellis probably would have been in there, but they said he was sick, so he didn't do mm-hmm. well. Uh, and I actually thought it was, you know, and, and not leaving anybody out, but I thought it was better. I thought that they they uh, had a little bit more chemistry. Um, if Primo can keep playing and improve, he plays. I thought he was a little bit out of control at times, uh, but I thought he also did some really good things. Got a lot of ability, so I thought it was good to see that. That and again, they've got you know with with. Reese Rojas Bruner, that's a that's a decent inside rotation. They just need to be more productive. Um, so it was it was good. Just basically basically the starting five and um, Rojas and Primo and Reese. Um, so so it was I thought it was a little bit better. We got a retro rematch tonight, Cecil, from the '87 Sweet 16, I believe it was. I was right? there. I was there. Yeah, Billy I Don- thought you were. Billy, Billy Donovan, Donovan Delray, Delray Brooks, Brooks, Rick Patino for Providence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Austin P could have taken them out in Birmingham. <laughs> it's a free throw. Oh, and that that Providence team ended up in the Final Four, though, right? They did. They did. They were a team on a mission, and were one of the first teams that would that would really fire away from three point range like that. They did a did a really good job of it. Yeah, they they wore those old Converse weapons that Larry Bird made famous back in the back in the eighties. Don't ask me why I remember that. That's the kind of stuff, <laughs> the important stuff I remember Cecil from yeah, back in the day, was, but yeah, I mean, this is an a, actual, that was an actual freedom hall. Up in Louisville. So mm-hmm. It was, it was a, a fun trip. Georgetown was there. A lot of, a lot of big East influence flavor in the, yeah. in the press corpus, but, but yeah, the Friars, Rick, you know, of course, was the coach. 
Cecil, we saw from the ACC yesterday, Notre Dame and Clemson going to get the 12th off. What do you think of that? And uh, Well, I think it's a fascinating point. Um, and, and it was kind of a debate, kind of got to be a big debate, too, when, when Herb Street went on and basically <laughs> said Michigan was going to chicken out. Um, you know, try, try, um, try and do the job on Ohio State, the no-show. And, uh, and so, but it's an interesting, other than good old school spirit, yay for the boys, line them up and play. Why do Alabama and Florida have the game by playing next week versus what they uh, have to lose? Other than helping the league maximize its television check, television, I, television appearances. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't know me. Here was here's some of the I'm here's some of the glass half full I tried to come up with, Cecil. You tell me what you think. I think that with COVID and your regimen, it might actually in a way be a better thing to keep your team together in sort of that vacuum mode of a game week game, rather game than routine. having rather than having so, the off week. Yeah, and I and I also I, I also like it for Najee Harris and Devontae Smith. These are guys chasing school records too. Right, I mean, it gives them another sure, opportunity sure, to maybe sure. secondarily get to to some pretty important numbers in Alabama football history. I agree with that. I agree with both of those. Now, I'll take the other side, um, particularly in Alabama. Says Florida would at least be at home in Gainesville. Yeah, Alabama too straight on the road. Another, another long road trip. Yeah, uh, to, to uh, I'm not going to. Say this area is a hot spot. There, everywhere's a hot spot. You know, everywhere's got potential. But you're staying in a hotel. You're you're taking a plane flight. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, know the COVID thing works both ways in that instance, doesn't yeah. it? When you have to travel, but you'd so. much rather be at home, I think, than sure have your guys in that in, in their semi bubble than you would flying up staying in Bentville. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think big yeah, picture-wise, it's far beneficial to Alabama if it doesn't have to play the 12th. I, I think if you get – if you're the SEC, you're going to get your LSU-Alabama game, all right? right so right. that should – shouldn't that be enough? I mean, do you, do you really need Alabama to go to Arkansas the next weekend? For what well, For what? in in fairness should be an SEC – if Alabama has to play, it should be an early game. Mm-hmm. Get them out of there. Get them home. Um not going to say that that Arkansas could pull it off or that that LSU could pull it off at Florida, but um, what if they did? You know, what does that do to your playoff chances? Uh, what if a guy gets hurt? Um, you know, everybody everybody knows. You know, guys can get hurt. Everybody who watched last season knows what can happen. Let's not mm-hmm. even mention. Who it was, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and what if that happened to, to a quarterback or a star player on the 12th? You know? um, so what there is to lose versus what there is to gain, it's an interesting, it's an, it's an interesting balance. Right now, um, I would say the they SEC is not going to do what the ACC did, but it's certainly something worth thinking about. You know, and this sounds insensitive, 
and that's not what I mean here. But Alabama is likely to be penalized for not having COVID issues, right? I mean, of all these rescheduled rescheduled games and postponements, Alabama hasn't been a common denominator in any of them. But right. to sort of make it work for the rest of the league, you know, Alabama's going to have to play on a weekend when it should have been off based on right. how it's navigated and, the and, COVID process. And, and again, I understand a lot of that is good fortune, but Alabama took steps additionally to right. go to everyday testing and do some things yeah, guess, to try to again, mitigate and, and the not situation. Not a big deal about this, but not only play, but get on a plane and go somewhere and play. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, so. I think you have to weigh the, the cost, potential cost, and the potential benefits. I, I, I think if the SEC felt like that they absolutely were going to get seventy games, and could say they could have seventy for seventy, but let's be honest about it. some of the, some of these games on the twelfth and the nineteenth aren't going to come off. I, I truly believe that. Um, so we'll see what happens, but. Um, I, I'm just—I'm not saying cancel the Arkansas game. I'm just saying be realistic about what your what your risk is. Teams that have earned their way to Atlanta, you know, this isn't—yeah, it's this over. Isn't, if you say, "Oh, you're rewarding," you think, well, these teams have earned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not, you know, I absolutely would not think it was fair in either direction if Alabama had to play and Florida didn't have to play. Or vice versa. If Florida had to play in Alabama, got the weekend. Whatever you do for one, do for the other. But um, you know, the ACC they they know where their bread's buttered. <laughs> and and I will say this: um, Notre Dame and people are loving Notre Dame. Notre Dame beat most complete well, team well, in the country. I heard last night. Beat, most complete beat, team beat in the country. Beat Pitt twelve to seven. You know, um, so so. You know, I I don't know that. Um, they would necessarily be in a position to lose, but if you told me on the twelfth, whose chances do you like better? Alabama's or Notre Dame, I uh, sure would have said Alabama um, of winning the ball game. So you know, I, I think there's a little risk when Notre Dame goes out there, struggle with Pitt, struggle with Louisville, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so a little bit different, a little bit different dynamic. But ACC, they've got their big blockbuster championship game, and <sighs> they're going to preserve it. Yeah, they are. I, <laughs> it, it, it just and, and this is this this just goes back to having known him for thirty years. Um, it, it's just amazing to me, and, and I truly do like him. He's truly a genuinely good person. But um, the Dabo Swinney is now the kingmaker in the ACC. <laughs> He's telling them what they will do and what they won't do. Just amazing. Uh. Yeah. Well, he, he's not going to Tallahassee, right? He said he yeah. was. Yeah. He told him he didn't think they should have to go. So they're not going. They're not going. <laughs> That's Coach Bryant stuff right there. Uh huh. 
Absolutely. That's a long way from Pelham, right? <laughs> hey, Cecil, we appreciate the time, my man. Always sure. great stuff. Glad to do it. Um, enjoy the enjoy the pro action pro action football this afternoon. A Wednesday football with the Steelers and the I, Ravens. Enjoy and, that. And let me say this to everybody in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> um, I'm going out Friday morning. I'm going to cover Gordo. And everybody that, that um, wants to support football should support high school football. Absolutely. Pickens County. How about Pickens County high school football this year, Cecil? Well, I'd say that's pretty good. That, that That's one of the great stories, long-running stories and I said two little communities seven miles apart um, both playing for state championship and, and been crazy. doing it over the years yeah so, exactly good luck exactly to, good luck to, to both of them and to Barry uh, to, to Barry as well uh, to Lyndon um, you know so, so congratulations to the teams that made it uh, I'll be interested to see how Lyndon looks I think their record is a little deceptive. I think they, they'll jump in there with Thomasville and Demopolis and teams like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Pickens County, Gordo, or go tonight, you know, and see. 7A game, see right? Thompson, 7A game tonight. Uh, go see mm-hmm. go see Kool-Aid, you know, Pennsylvania Valley. You know, 6A game, yeah. 6A game. So, um, always, Fort uh, High School sports. Uh, that's, that's where it starts. No doubt about it. The roots level, man. Love it. Wednesday night lights, really, throughout the weekend. So should be a lot of fun. Hey, Cecil, again, as always, we really appreciate you being here with us and uh, look forward to doing it next week when uh, I guess we'll preview Alabama-Arkansas and some other SEC games as well. Thanks, Cecil. We'll see what happens. Thanks. There you go. Cecil Hurt, sports editor, columnist for the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. Headed to a break. We come back. More Southern Fried Sports on a Wednesday presented by Peter Brook Chocolates here right after this. You're listening to Tide 100.9. Are you in the holiday spirit? Check out Tuscaloosa's Home for the Holidays on Nick 97.5. All Christmas songs 24-7. The weather turning warmer this afternoon. The sky mostly sunny. The high 58. For tonight, mostly fair with a low at 30. Tomorrow, clouds increase. A chance of rain by mid to late afternoon. Rain becoming more likely tomorrow night. The high at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. FM, Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BOL, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to the great Cecil Hurd joining us in the previous segment. Cecil, of course, cornerstone, legendary sports columnist and sports editor for the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. You know, it was Taco Tuesday last night around Casa de Ryder, and we're full-on committed 
to Taco Tuesday at this point. And that's more of the doing of the chocolate lady. She loves the Taco Tuesday. I, I'm good with it. It's fine. I guess my biggest thing, Jacob Harrison, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't like sort of being told what I'm going to eat on a specific day or night. You know what I mean? Like, okay, it's Taco Tuesday. Great. But that doesn't mean I have to eat tacos every Tuesday. I mean, I can eat tacos every day of the week. I love them. But I guess I'm just, uh, I'm such a fan of liberty and freedom of choice, you know, that I don't, I don't like being directed in some ways into to my, my, what my diet's going to consist of. You, what, what about you, Jacob? Routines aren't a bad thing, but I, I, I'd prefer to not be stuck in one when it comes to my food. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's Thursday night is soup night every you know Thursday or something. But so it's not like I'm being asked to conform on a daily basis. But uh, yeah, the Taco Tuesday, La Bamba, you know, they're on McFarland. You go by there on, I think it's Tuesday and Thursdays. I think that's when the margarita specials are. And I mean, it looks like there's a Nick Saban signing, autograph signing session going on inside or something. I mean, it's just piled up the cars. They're all McFarland. It's fun. Good food. I think the chocolate lady, though, it's all about those frozen margaritas. I think that's what it's really about. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line before we get out of here on a Wednesday. You heard um, Cecil talk about the high school state championship games beginning tonight at Bryant-Denny Stadium. You're going to have perfect weather. I mean, you're going to have to layer up a little bit. It's going to be a little chilly, a little bit. But uh, what do you think tonight, Jacob? You think uh, Thompson goes ahead and finishes this thing off in 7A? It, it certainly has looked that way for pretty much the entire season, I guess. Yeah, probably in an em- emphatic and and uh, dominating fashion, as always. The Warriors look just un- un- unstoppable this year, and I don't expect Auburn to do anything different. There you go. It could be a, a tough uh, about five-day stretch for Auburn here in Tuscaloosa between Auburn High School and the Auburn Tigers last Saturday in the Iron Bowl, Alabama, of course, 42-13 to 13 winners. And again, you did hear from Nick Saban earlier in the program, or at least we relayed to you his comments from the SEC Coaches Teleconference in that he still very much anticipates being on the sidelines Saturday night at Tiger Stadium for Alabama L. You'll hear from Nick Saban following practice this evening as well. Now, as for the rest of the roster, the rest of the coaching staff, well, we'll see. Uh, But they've been largely successful navigating the COVID-19 pandemic this season and look to extend that record to 9-0 and get back on the right side of things against the LSU Tigers on Saturday evening. Jacob Harrison, as always, doing an outstanding job producing the show. Once again, thank you to Cecil Hurt for joining us. You're going to have, by the way, Alabama men's basketball on side 100.9 this evening. Alabama-Providence in the final game of the Maui Invitational in Asheville, North Carolina. That's a 6 o'clock tip if you, excuse me, I think it's 7 Central, actually. Um, If you can't catch it uh, here on the radio, ESPN2. That's where you're going to be able to watch it tonight. That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Our great friends at Southern Ale House, they are the lunch whistle for today. Get by there 
It's a great day if they've got that brisket chili today at Southern Ale House. When you go in there today, look at the specials board. If the brisket chili is up there, trust me, today is a perfect day for it. Really, anything you're going to find there at Southern Ale House is outstanding. Until 11 a.m. on Thursday, Travis Ryer, talk to you again real soon. some happy coffee. I didn't know frog fish can swim and dance